Hello, hello. It's Andriana. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Juggle Israel podcast. I'm so glad that you are here right now because this episode is a beautiful conversation that really, really reiterates and reminds us how important we are and how we must make ourselves a priority in order to be the person who can be there for everyone around us whether you're a mom, a busy career-oriented person, just trying to get through every single day. Without your wellness, we truly have nothing. And so in this episode, we have Lisa Lounsbury here sharing her three keys to wellness and how we can uncover our own barriers to being well every day. Now, Lisa Lounsbury has been educating and inspiring audiences on the topics of health and wellness for over 30 years. She's an international keynote speaker and a global educator who speaks to groups from a vast array of industries from around the world. She's the founder of New Day Wellness Incorporated, a producer and host of a TV and podcast show called Your Wellness, a national mental health trainer, a certified health and lifestyle coach, personal trainer, fitness specialist, and an international yoga instructor. Most recently, the author of her first book titled Making Wellness a Priority. In this episode, we are going to go over the three keys to wellness that as Lisa describes them, we're going to hear lots of insights, information, actionable advice, and the experiences and insights from others. It's a really great episode. Let's dive right in. Hey, I'm Andriana Gonko, and this is the Juggle is Real podcast. As I share my ongoing journey from experiencing burnout to leading a more mindful and intentional life with better balance, I hope you feel seen, that you realize your worth, lighten your load, and prioritize your own needs. As we hear from leading experts and well-known faces in the wellness, entrepreneurship, education, and motherhood space, I hope you gain insights proven practices, and learn actionable tools to help you enjoy the juggle of work, family, and everything in between with a little less stress and a lot more ease, joy, and fun. Most of all, I hope you find what you need to simplify, streamline, and supercharge your own journey of better balance and self-love. Are you with me? Let's get started. Lisa, welcome to the Juggle is Real podcast. I'm so thrilled that you could make some time to chat with me from your tropical Costa Rica environment that you're in. For the listener who can't can't see, you are, you know, wearing a tank top, you're in a patio, you are feeling good, looking good, and uh, enjoying <laughs> a wellful day, I'm sure, right? It's always a well, it's always a well day here in Costa Rica with the sun, the heat, the yoga, the good food, the people. Yeah, it's always a good day. Beautiful. I'm so happy that we could have this conversation to talk more about wellness because as we've heard, you truly are an expert in that. But before we get into that, we know you're right now in Costa Rica, but tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, um so this is 30 years in the making, 33 years in the making, actually, of being able to work up to that title of being an expert in the in the industry of health and wellness. Started out as a uh, as a competitive dancer as a child, and that passion for moving my body really led to wanting to take care of my body. 
And that just moved into how do I take care of it? And then it, then it turned into how do I inspire others to want to take care of their bodies? And as I, as I learned and as the society changed, we started to see evolution in how we take care of our bodies from what it looked like 33 years ago was different than what it looks like today. And I've, I've evolved, the industry has evolved, and I think it's a good time to be talking about wellness and not just being fit and skinny, and because that's what it used to look like 30-some years ago. And with that passion, I was able to start my own company 12 years ago to support the health and wellness needs of workers. Specifically, it started out in Northern Ontario. So New Day Wellness was born in 2012, and we've been uh, growing ever since. Beautiful. I know that you know, from, from a personal perspective, it really is a passion for you to, to live a well life and that you're spreading this on and that you're sharing your knowledge, your expertise with others in so many different facets. I think it's absolutely incredible because as we learned in the industry, you really do have such a wealth of knowledge. And like you said, 33 years experience in this space, and you've seen the fads, You've, I've heard all the opinions and you've seen the trends in wellness and we know they're always changing. So I love how you've sort of broken down what is a very complex topic and has a lot of nuance and you've kind of brought it down into three areas and we're, you're calling it keys as you describe them to best support our overall health and our happiness. So before we get into these keys, can you share you know, from, from your experience, maybe how you develop this method and this framework? to to get to the three keys of wellness the method came from being a fitness instructor and and working with individuals who are motivated to be healthy it's usually in january and let's go to the gym let's start this new health kick and it was very frustrating to watch people struggle to really find the motivation or being empowered to continue on the journey. Cause we all know new year's resolutions don't work they don't last being internally motivated and willpower and having willpower is hard. So when I would go into these gyms and try my best to motivate them, do your exercises, eat healthy and do as I say, those sort of things, they're just not sustainable. They're not sustainable for, for most people. And I had to really come up with a way to in, inspire them with an internal motivation. Like how do I get these people to really want to be healthy and, and take it with them throughout their lives, not just in January or not just, you know, for a six month time frame because we have to be healthy consistently for our entire lives. And I've developed that, that lifestyle. I know it works. I've worked with many, many clients on it and doesn't have to be complicated. You mentioned fads, Andriana. We have fads that show up with diets, with exercises, those are not sustainable. They work, but they're temporary. And the method that I've, I've put together called Making Wellness a Priority through workshops, online courses, audio courses, and now my new book, it's the only method that I have seen success in. So I want to share it with the world. This is so good. I love how you're pointing out that, I mean, we're still relatively in the beginning parts of the year. Um, while we're recording this, we're still in January. And so I, I totally get it. You know, like that, that original motivation that we, we have had, or we may have seen, or we might've been, you know, writing things down or thinking we have to come up with some type of a resolution. Oftentimes th there's no, um, the, the tools, the support and the framework isn't there 
to back up what that resolution might be. And so I feel like um, with your overall well-being, having something that is more simplified that can kind of tab into an approach like yours can really be helpful because, you know, for, for, for some of us who are not in the, the wellness and the health industry, maybe we don't have more of a, you know, a medical background or a clinical background, and we're not, you know, keeping our, you know, um, ear to the pavement, so to speak, when it comes to the latest research and findings. So having someone break it down is incredibly helpful, especially when we can take a complex topic that everyone seems to be the expert on and, and bring it into these, these three areas. So Let's talk about these three keys to what you say is being happy and healthy or just in general being well. I think that's a goal, regardless of whether it's a New Year's resolution or what, whatever time of the year it is to be well, to be well is, is a goal for all of us. So let's, let's start. Tell us about the first key to our well-being. And there's, and that's right. It's being well, like who doesn't want to wake up? feeling happy and healthy, just organically happy and healthy. And so breaking it down, there's a wellness wheel out there on the internet and it breaks it down into 12 pieces. Sometimes there's seven pieces of the pie and the wellness wheel has a lot of different parts to it, which can become overwhelming. I've simplified it. I broke it down into those three keys. So it's, what are you doing with your body? So how much physical activity are you getting? We all know we have to move. We just have to find the uh, inspiration to keep moving. We all know we have to eat healthy. We all know we have to manage our mental health. Those are the three keys that I've kind of summarized in the book, in the courses, in today's discussion. So if we talk about physical activity, I've always been physically active. That's been the foundation of why I still do what I do. I've, I, I found the need to be um, good with how I treat my body through, through my dance background. But it goes way beyond that. We have to move biologically our bodies have to move our organs need us to move to function our heart needs to pump our blood needs to pump all of those things nobody's immune from that so every human being's body must move unfortunately not everybody seems to make it a priority there's always seems to be something else that will they can justify why they're not moving their body and ironically, when you move your body, you just have more energy. So it's it's inspiring people to remind them, once you get there, once you get there where you're moving your body, you are going to feel the benefits. So getting people through that hurdle or through that barrier of what's stopping you from taking time, 10 minutes to go for a walk, what is that barrier? And often the barrier is time. I'm too busy. And this is what your podcast is all about, Andriana. You're a mother of mm -hmm. several. How many children do you have? I think you have About three, three of them. Three, yeah. <laughs> three. So I have three children as well. And a lot of people think, well, if you have children, then um, that's a justification for not taking care of yourself. It's the opposite. That's the reason why you must take care of yourself. Using your busy life as an excuse or a barrier is going to prevent you from being healthy. And it's, it's really a no brainer. But I think we get wrapped up in other things and forget the value of being healthy or what what does your future look like without being able to move your body so as a mom we're both moms we need to be healthy just to raise our children do the groceries take them to wherever they have to go and you're also a mentor to your children they are the first people you are their first mentor so as parents if kids are looking up to their parents and not seeing them making themselves a priority, 
they're going to raise up thinking, I'm not a priority. This is all I know. So I'm not going to make my health a priority. So that brings it back to finding those barriers and finding a reason to not use those barriers as an excuse. Like I'm too busy. That okay. makes sense. Oh, it does. I love so many of the things that you've touched on. And, and, and I would imagine that they, these three, these three keys, they're all interconnected and, and you can't really have one without the other two. Mm-hmm. They must sort of be in this sort of symbiotic, you know, ongoing journey, mm-hmm. but we're specifically talking about movement, moving our body and our, our physical health. I love how you have mentioned that. Yes, we are all busy, but in sort of that grand scheme of things, what we're put, placing the most value on really is going to help us the most. And so, you know, there's different memes and quotes that are kind of floating around, especially around the the new year, but it's kind of like one of those things that, and I'm not going to say it properly. I'm going to paraphrase it, but something like, you know, when, when you feel good, everything kind of happens and, and falls into place. But if you are not well, if you are sick, if you're physically unwell, then you literally cannot do any of those other things. And so when you start with those main priorities of physical wellness, then it's so much easier to tackle the rest of the things that you're doing. And um, this probably goes for for eating healthy and, and for our mental wellness as well. But starting with the things that if our, our, our physical wellness was not good to today, we, we could not do the things that we need to accomplish. So I really love how you've, you've said that. And, and it's also for so many of us and the listener who has children, I think being in a position where, like you said, we are a mentor to them. We are their first real look at what adults are like and, and how they should, what they should emulate when they grow up. So seeing someone who is physically well is going to propel them to want to just naturally, not with telling them they have to exercise, not telling them they have to fit into a certain clothing size or, or tell them any of the things as far as physical wellness, but showing them is the most important part at a young age. It's powerful. It's powerful when you can demonstrate that this is not difficult. This is a lifestyle. So it's accessible for our children. Um, no one has ever said, oh, I shouldn't have gone for that walk. I feel horrible. Uh, you know, unless you got chased by a bear or you tripped and fell. And, <laughs> but usually you come back from a walk feeling, I am so glad I did that. So we have to remind ourselves in 10 minutes, in five minutes, I'm going to be so grateful. I put on those running shoes or I, or I put on that winter coat and that toque. It's, it's really, uh, it does break my heart to think that people are delaying this this feeling of wellness because they just think they just don't have the time. Guilt is a big thing. Guilt is a wasted emotion. And moms carry this almost like a badge of honor, unintentionally. I don't have time because I have to take care of my kids. You need to take the time for yourself so you can be well for your kids. It's a, it's a cyclical, uh, we just do this to ourselves unintentionally, moms. Dads do it too. Um, So we really have to remind ourselves, you're not going to regret moving your body. It just doesn't happen because you feel better after the work, after all the time. Exactly. Exactly. So um, time not being a barrier, using small pockets can really be effective when it comes to this first key to wellness. Moving into the second key, 
talking about our, how we're nourishing our bodies. Can you talk to us about this, the second area that you've broken down? We can't be well unless we have those three keys. They all have to be part of our lifestyle. And without making it complicated, once you move your body, your brain actually craves nourishing food. It's ironic how it works. I met a, I met a guy years ago who was a junk food junkie. And he shared, he says, I hate vegetables. I hate fruit. And I crave burgers and fries. And I don't know what you're saying is going to work for me. Fast forward a few weeks later, he thought he'd give it a whirl. And he came back. He says, I don't understand this, but I'm craving vegetables. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's because your body responds well and it wants what it make, what it feels good. So the dopamine and, this, and the, all the pleasure hormones are kicking in for you and making you make those healthier healthier choices, healthier decisions when you choose what you're going to eat. It's Again, it's biology. So when we kind of train our bodies to respond or to get um, used to craving good food, it, it doesn't become that hard. And it's, it's, um, it's a learned behavior. You've got to give yourself a couple of weeks to really figure this out. But once you start, it's like a keystone habit. Once you start a good habit, your body wants another good habit. So if you start from maybe add a vegetable to your plate, your body internally, without you even knowing, is celebrating. Thank you for that nutrient. Give me more. So you're inclined to put more vegetables on your plate because you know you're going to feel good about it. And it takes, you got to trust the process. But I can tell you, because it happens all the time, our brains start to crave good food. So I guess what I'm wondering then is for, for those of us who are maybe have unhealthy relationship when it comes to food, because we know that there's been so much around us that, you know, you can't eat this, or you can't eat that, or maybe we're really like in this, in this mentality where it's like all of the things that we're lacking, which then makes us feel like we actually want it more. I mean, I, 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 in, in my, 20s, I remember like, well, I can't eat this. And then like, that's all I would think about was like not mm-hmm. eating it, may, making me want it. And, mm-hmm. and so sh- can you share maybe how we can start this approach? I know a lot of it comes with our mindset of like, you know, we are choosing what's going to best fuel our bodies, but how can we maybe make that shift to, to wanting the vegetables or wanting the healthier choices um, in those early stages, because I guess once, once we begin, it's more self-propelling, but it's sometimes getting to the point because even with the best intentions, sometimes we can fill our refrigerators with all sorts of, you know, seemingly healthy foods. And then we're ordering pizza for takeout that night, because maybe we just don't have the energy. So what, what can you tell us in those early stages that might help us in this second key to wellness? When you're starting out a brand new wellness journey or bringing it back, it does take a, it takes a little bit of effort and focus at the start. The easiest way to to start a new healthy eating journey is to not take away bad, is to add good. Because then you start craving. You're craving what you're denying yourself. So as soon as you deny yourself of something, that's what you're going to think about. But I want that bag of chips or I want that cookie or I want that burger. Eat the way you're eating but implement more vegetables and more fruits. We're not making this complicated. There should be no fads in your diet. Like diets are just, they're not sustainable. Bring it back to basics. We all know fruits and vegetables. Plants are what our bodies really need. 
and start with that. Make it easy, but don't limit, like don't restrict your body because then it's going to want it more. And then it gets angry at you. And then you want more because then, then you get stressed. And what do you do when you get stressed? You want all the bad stuff. So we have to be compassionate with ourselves as we're starting a new journey and be patient. Take it one step at a time, maybe one meal at a time, maybe just start with a healthier dinner, work up to a healthier lunch, work up to, you know, a healthier meal, healthier snacks. And you will see the improvement once you dedicate your time. And ironically, the more you exercise, the more energy you have, which gives you more energy to want to cook your food, cook the food that's in your fridge, prepare the food that's in your fridge. You become internally motivated. It, it just happens by that. Um, it just naturally happens and you'll see the progression. So move your body, crave the good foods, and then you're going to notice a shift. Who wants to sabotage their body after you exercise with crappy food? Because you know you're going to feel like crap after. Your brain is very intelligent and it tells you what it wants if you just listen to it and trust. Beautiful. So just to, to confirm, we are allowing, we are not restricting. We are just adding in more good. We are not telling ourselves that we can't eat certain things. And we are just wanting to introduce, reintroduce, adding more beneficial items to our plates, Mm -hmm. the vegetables, the fruits, the basics, the things that are found in the produce aisles of the grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And Beautiful. yeah, and you will notice you will start to, you will not be craving all of those other foods that you might've thought you could never live without. It's fascinating. Our bodies are smart and we just need to trust them. It's making me just think I'm kind of laughing to myself again. When I was younger, first living on my own, I was very rigid about everything I did. I mean, there's no wonder that I experienced burnout, but I was so rigid about, you know, the things that I would eat and I would restrict, 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 restrict all day. And as you mentioned earlier, willpower wears out. Right. And so by the end of the day, I would have a very, um, low calorie intake. And then it was like clockwork. I was grabbing a bag of chips, like at the end of the day, before bed, I was like wolfing down a bag of chips. And I'm not saying chips are bad because I still do love potato chips. They're just like, I love mm-hmm. them. But mm-hmm. now it's like, if it's, if it's 10 o'clock in the morning and I physically feel like I really want potato chips, I'm like, yeah, okay. I'll grab a handful of potato chips. It's not a big deal. Whereas before I would belittle myself so much throughout the day, I would be so strict about what I was eating only to then consume what it was that I initially wanted anyway. Right. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of us fall into this. Whereas now I choose foods based on how I'm feeling, based on what I feel like my body wants. I'm not limiting myself in any way. I'm choosing things that I feel like will fuel my body, not looking at calories or fat or carbs or gluten or anything. And then I kid you not, Lisa, I don't normally eat anything after dinner. We eat an early dinner. We have young children. I'm not eating after dinner, like chips, like they don't even pop into my mind. I feel Mm -hmm. satiated. I feel satisfied. I don't feel like I need to consume anything else because throughout the day, I've already done that. That's the magic. It's the magic of your body telling you and reminding you. And I, I, my mother grew up on a diet. That's my memory of my mother, always on a diet, always on a diet. And I actually talk about her diet in my book. She's been obese her whole adult life. 
because of the diets, because of the restrictions, her body turned, her body became very protective of the calories, whether they were good or bad. I'm hanging on to these calories because I know in a few months you're going to restrict me. So her body's prepared. So now her body's a complete mess. Her metabolism is shut down. We have to let nature garner and, and guide us into what kind of food we eat. And deep down, everybody knows what they should be eating. It's not complicated. You don't have to find a fad. You don't have to decide which diet. Am I going to carnivore? Am I going to be vegetarian? Your body will tell you what you need. I keep saying your body's smart. Yes. This is a, a theme throughout. Now, I I really want to talk about this third key because I feel like it often gets neglected, isn't discussed as much as the other two. I think we all know that we should be physically active and moving our bodies and we should be, you know, eating healthier and nourishing our body in, in a way to feel well, your third key to wellness is mental health. And this one, I think kind of gets sidetracked. Maybe we think about it on blue Monday. Maybe we, we see something, you know, there's things here, there, and everywhere, or when our mental health is really suffering, it forces us to then magnify it and, and, and see what, what the issue is. But I, I really appreciate how this is incorporated into the, the three foundations to being well, explain to us why your mental health is part of the three keys to wellness. There's two sides of it. There's one side where I've been educated and trained on how to support someone with mental health problems, but there's also a very personal side. And when I was much younger, when my three children were all under the age of four, and I'm sure you can relate to this, I've always been physically active. So that was taken care of. I always ate well. That was taken care of. But what I didn't understand was my own mental health. So I found myself one day in the doctor's office, a puddle on the floor, sobbing. I was prepared to walk away from my family. I was, I felt burnt out, hopeless bad mom, a bad person, a bad daughter. I was just at that moment ready to just disappear. And it was very scary. It was scary to my, my family. It was scary to me. I'm still very emotional sharing this part of my journey. I was prepared to walk away. And it was all because I was just, bur I was burnt out. I was tired. I was exhausted. I never thought that my mental health mattered. I didn't think I had permission to not be happy. Why shouldn't I be happy? I have everything I need, a loving family. I didn't understand the link between my mental health and my physical health until I was on that puddle on the floor. And the doctor came in and we sat on the floor for an hour talking and crying. And she said to me, you're exhausted and you're, you're not putting your mental health first. And so she put me on some strong medication uh, told me to go home, sleep for two weeks. She had, she had to call my, my mother. She had to call my husband and said, this is what's going on. This is what has to happen. And it kind of snapped me into that reality that this is not just about being physically active or eating healthy. There's a third component. And I share that story in my book. I'm openly talk about that moment because it was scary when you think that your life doesn't matter anymore. and don't even realize it. So we have to have those three keys. I, I also consider them like plates. We have to have all three plates spinning on its own little spindle all the time. You've got to touch it every once in a while, make sure all three are in check. Because there's a lot of people out there that are very active and eat healthy, 
but most of the time they're stressed and their mental health is struggling. Athletes, Olympic athletes often suffer from depression. Um, there's many, many different industries where mental health is under, undervalued and understated. And that's why I've really learned more about mental health. I've become a huge advocate. I'm a trainer in mental health and how to support someone, how to talk about it. Depression and anxiety, just, just those alone are so prevalent right now. Mm-hmm. And when those are part of your life, you can't exercise. You can't eat healthy as well. You, a lot of things take a backseat. So I've learned personally the value of managing all three, and I've witnessed what could happen if you don't. Thank you so much for sharing that, Lisa. I think it resonates with with me. It resonates probably with the listener as well, because you're right. I mean, as a mom, especially, there's always something else to do and someone to take care of. And Mm -hmm. we are often the very last person on our own list. And until something serious happens, like in your case with your, with your journey, um, what, what a blessing to have had a, a wonderful doctor like you did, because I I don't, I've heard so many stories of people just saying like, Oh yeah, you're just a mom. That's just how it is. And, and so, so you had this experience and now you're able to advocate for others and share how much your mental health matters when it comes to overwhelm overall well-being. Um, and thank you for that. More moms need to hear it because we have to give ourselves permission. We have to give ourselves permission to put ourselves first. Our little children need us healthy. They need us mentally well. And like I said, they're watching. They're watching our behavior and they don't deserve an unwell parent. Just like That's we right. don't deserve to be unwell. That's right. Now. Um, I'm so, so happy to see that your recently released book, Making Wellness a Priority, Solutions to Uncover Barriers to Being Happy and Healthy. It's out. We can all benefit from it. And I know it's impacting so many people. And in this book, you talk about these three keys, but you also share evidence-based theories, the personal stories, like the one you just shared, inspiration and opportunities for all of us to overcome our wellness hurdles because you mentioned, right, there's whatever those barriers are that are preventing us from leading a well life, you know, it's, it's just a, a hurdle that we can overcome. So you've, you've talked to us about a couple of examples, but anything else that you might want to share an example from your book or in your experience that really showcases how the three keys has made an impact and a difference in, in someone's life. There's many, many stories. I've worked with many people and just those that have come out just in the last week after purchasing the book are sharing with me the timeless, the timely matter of this book. It's like, oh my God, I'm in my forties. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a very active entrepreneur or I'm a very busy professional. I needed to know that if I don't take care of myself, I cannot continue this career. I cannot continue this lifestyle. It's not sustainable. And breaking it down into those three, not really simple steps, but they're, they're tangible, they're measurable, makes it easier for us to focus on it and just make it less complicated. We have to stop making the excuses. Excuses aren't going to help anybody. And when we find, well, it's because, well, it's because you're denying yourself and you're denying the people that you love, you're denying your future self. 
I just finished teaching a yoga class on the beach here in Cocoa Beach. And the majority of the people in that group are in their 50s, and 60s, and 70s. That's the demographics of this area. And they come to the class to take a yoga class. But unbeknownst to them, I'm there to inspire them to want to be there for their future selves. Not just what they look like today, how they're going to feel in five years and 10 years and 15 years. Where's my health going to be? What am I going to look like? How active am I going to be? How healthy am I going to be? How, um, how much am I going to be enjoying life? Traveling, because these are all people that are expats from other countries. We won't have those, we won't have access to that without our health. And we just, they just need to be reminded, I'm exercising today for my future self. That's so good. I actually recently heard some, some um, research that suggests that the activity, the physical activity you do today, it actually impacts you two weeks from now. So like the walk that you take today is going to affect how you feel, the energy you have, what you're able to accomplish in 14 days. Like that is how much of an impact it has. And so if you're not feeling great now, like you, you have to think back like two weeks ago, like what was I doing? Was I Mm -hmm. making my wellness a priority or Mm -hmm. not? Um, And so I, I love how you're saying that because I think the concept for myself of thinking to your future self, like if you have new year's resolutions or if you have goals for yourself, or if you have these, these visions and seeing yourself being happy and healthy, it's what you're doing today that creates that, that vision, that goal, that person who Mm -hmm. you want to become. So now that we have, you know, a bit of a better understanding, you've broken it down for us. We have these three keys and you maybe share For our busy listener, you know, we're going to go ahead and pick up this book. Absolutely. And there's going to be a a link to the, the, the book on Amazon in the notes for this podcast episode, but how can we start to improve our wellness journey? If you could suggest maybe a couple main tips or a starting off point, what would that be for someone who is just ready and willing to begin a new journey? It comes from identifying your biggest barrier identifying it, and then finding a way to get around that barrier. And my book focuses on that because this is what's stopping us from being healthy on a, on a continuous basis. What's yeah. the barrier? And when you wake up in the morning and you think about being healthy and you know what you have to do, what's stopping you? What uh, repetitive thought is stopping you? Is it time? And if it's time, what you have to break it down. What is it about that busy day that's keeping you busy? Is it I'm saying yes to too many people? Is it I feel that I'm supposed to be busy because that's what everybody else thinks I should do is be busy? Busy has become a badge of honor. And to the detriment of society, being busy is actually killing people. People are dying from busyness. So if you think being busy is a badge of honor, you're, you're fooling yourself. We need to take time for ourselves throughout the day. And ironically, a lot of people say to me, well, it's easy for you. It's easy for you. And it's, it's not easy for me. It's just a choice I made many, many years ago to make myself a priority. And it's become seamless because it's become a lifestyle. I have these habits in place now. I don't use certain barriers to stop me. 
I've figured it out, how to go around it. And I've given myself permission to not be busy. I've given myself permission to sleep when I need to sleep. Have those bowls of chips when I need those bowls of chips. Love who I want to love. Listen to the music I want to listen to. Like we're so hard on ourselves. We feel like we just have to be all things to all people. And I used to be that person. But I know what happens when you don't put yourself first. You end up on a puddle and your doctor's floor. So just waking up, catching yourself, catching what's what's the narrative in your head? What are you saying in your head to prevent you from making a good, healthy decision that day? Maybe write it down. Maybe put it on a sticky note. Uh, say it out loud. Make it a mantra. And then find the solution around that barrier. Tackle that one. Amazing. And I I was just kind of laughing to myself because I'm thinking, you know what, women, mothers, like we are incredible problem solvers. If something were to happen, if our, one of our kids came up to us with this big problem or they couldn't figure something out, like we're out there SWAT teaming it, like we're figuring it (laughs) out. We're making sure Uh that whatever that problem is, we're finding a solution. And what you're saying is for ourselves, like what is preventing us from doing the things that we know we, we need to do the things that we want to do, mm-hmm. finding the barrier. And then with our big, beautiful, intelligent brains coming up with a solution. And that really is a very simple thing that sometimes we tell ourselves is so hard. Oh, it's going to be so hard. It's going to be so hard, mm-hmm. but it really doesn't have to be with these three keys that you've laid out. Um, when we choose to make ourselves a priority, truly, truly, truly everyone around us benefits. And you, and you have to truly, truly choose. Can't just choose today because I've listened to this podcast. It has to be an honest, overwhelming desire to choose yourself and you're going to feel the rewards. And you're right. Moms are smart. Right. We are problem solving all the time. And why don't we do that for ourselves? It just, it's just, doesn't make sense sometimes. Why don't we do that for ourselves? Exactly. Well, thank you for giving us the permission we might need and for helping us to kind of clarify this. A final question that I'd like to ask guests on the juggle is real is about their ongoing journey with self-care, because as you mentioned, when we care for ourselves, we feel well. And like you mentioned, you, you also have a lot going on. You wear many hats, you're juggling different countries and and all sorts of different international pursuits. How are you consciously choosing authentic self-care practices for yourself to help you manage all of the spinning plates, as you mentioned? So just to close, I'd love to hear about one thing that you do to help you care for yourself. And then one thing that you're not doing something that you're saying no to, or something that you've removed from your life to help you feel that better balance. I will never stop moving my body. For me, it it fuels everything else. It kind of triggers, it launches all the other good habits. That's because I have a I have a, a desire. I love to dance. I love to move. So I've I've used that need or desire for me to move my body. So that I will never stop doing. I want to be dancing when I'm 90. I want to be able to, you know kick my legs, maybe not so high, but I really want to be able to kick and skip and climb mountains and ride bikes and swim oceans into my 60s, 70s and 80s, because I know it's possible. So that I'm I'm going to continue to do. 
when I'm not doing, um, I'm, I'm not feeling guilty for it. I've had to really work hard on that guilt because guilt is a waste of emotion, but I've lived with it most of my life and many, many people do. So I am not allowing myself to feel guilty for taking the time to take care of myself. I love that. I love that so much. Lisa, thank you so much for being here on the podcast today. I wish you all the best. I wish you so much fun while you're there on the beach. <laughs> like, I'm so jealous. I thank you so much for, for being on the show. Well, thank you for be, allowing me to come on the show and talking about something I'm so passionate about. Thank you. I love speaking with empowered women who are advocating for health, wellness, and overall well-being. And today's conversation with Lisa really encompassed all of that. Now, if you are looking to strengthen, improve, or begin a wellness journey, I love the actionable advice that she shared, the key takeaways of finding those barriers and creating a solution so that you can overcome whatever problem you're facing in your wellness journey. And I appreciate that she was so vulnerable to share her own personal struggles and how she has overcome them in her own life and her own wellness journey. You can find Lisa's new book, Making Wellness a Priority on Amazon. And I've also included a link in the notes for this podcast episode. If you like this one, if you know someone who needs to hear this information, please share it with a friend. Write me a review on Apple Podcasts and rate this wherever you're listening. I can't wait to see you here for another episode of the Juggle is Real podcast, where we look at making you a priority in your everyday life. Take good care.